Welcome once again to your backstage pass for the Boscovs Berks Jazz Fest. My name is Joe Painter, and we are hosting this program, of course, on the People Chronicles, thanks to the Berks Arts Council. We appreciate that very much, and we appreciate the Berks Arts Council for staging this event that just keeps getting bigger and better every year. And Benny Sims is with me right now. It's so good to see you once again. Always good to see you. You've been here, I want to say, since the beginning. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a blur, isn't it? Well, you know what? I think Benny Sims and I think Groove Masters and I think the Jazz Fest truly does not start until the Groove Masters take stage at the Peanut Bar. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it official. Yeah. This so, will be the 27th year. We missed it? one year. You missed a year, right? Yeah, I was in Japan, but this will be the 27th year, which I can't believe. 27 years and never was booked out of the country, usually that's what would happen. I never was booked on that day. Except for once? Except once, the first one. Oh, it was the first one? Yes. Okay. I missed the first one. It's crazy. I can't, truly I can't picture that because I can't picture the Groove Masters without you. They didn't, they didn't perform. Um, oh, okay. Cliff was with me too. So it was Cliff and I and uh, uh, who else was, uh, Kurt, no, Kurt wasn't with um, I don't think David went. No, it was just Cliff I and I. We were, we were gone. We were gone. We were definitely, that's our, our, our first year. Uh, at that time, we were touring with the Three Degrees. Mm -hmm. That was our first year with them. And so we were gone oh, all the time. Oh, you needed to be there, right, right. Yeah, we were gone all the time, so. When you think of the Groove Masters, who do you think? Who, who are the key partners that are kind of still there? Yourself and Cliff. Yeah, and well, David Cullen. I yeah. mean, David and I, uh, and Dave Capana actually started the Groove Masters, and, uh, and I didn't know that. Yes, um, it started at the at the downtown. So, and it was another joke name that uh, actually Dave Capana came up with, and um, I was in a band before that. Me and David and Dave Capana, we're in a band called Marty and the Mangoes. I remember that. Oh, yes, we were, and, and that was a joke name. We made that name up to the giggle, and it stuck. You know, so Groove Masters kind of was the same thing. A joke name. Joke name, and it stuck. We've so. all taken it quite seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ended up taking it quite seriously. It means something. It, yeah. it mean, so the Groove Masters, certainly you get together and you play at other venues. No, no, it's not yeah. just a peanut bar thing. But no, no, but not, I, you know, in the old days, yeah, we played a lot more. But uh, the band actually only plays about three or four times a year now, you know, because it's the only time I can get everybody together, right. you right. know, and the band's not cheap, so, you know. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it, you know, so we don't do it as much as we use. So think about what you just said. The, the, the band, they perform three to four times a year, mm -hmm. and that's not because that's all you're working. You all have a, have a very industrious, if you will, music career. Yeah, we So do. when you guys get together, is that like the playpen? Oh, absolutely. Well, you nailed that. That's, <laughs> it's what it's that's, like watching. It, it is. It, it's, like, it, it's like you can exhale. You get with your, that group, and I, I think you could go to each member, and that group, we all, when we finally get together and play, it's just like, <sighs> home, you know? Yeah. It is, it really is. And um, I'm sure every one of them would say the same thing. We've all said it to each other. It know? parlays to the audience. I mean, I, I'm I believe coming that. from an audience mm -hmm. perspective, and mm -hmm. that's what I see. You guys are just having a real good yeah, time. Yeah, because, you know, I, I don't mean this to start any mess, but... We don't really care whatever. <laughs> we we we're glad they're enjoying it, but we we're, we're doing it for us, and that's. 
So, you know, I mean, we're happy everybody enjoys it, but yes. we're yes. doing it for us. So, yeah, I think it's infectious. It partly, yeah, it is. Infectious you know? is a good word. So you are also playing this year, I think, um, are you doing the Eric Koala Quartet yes. with the Pops? Yes, yes. Now, how is that vibe different than just the group master? Well, first of all, this Eric, we're work, Eric and I are working on his uh, first solo album, and it's a what they call the American Songbook, you know, yeah. these standards, uh, Cellar by Starlight, and it's a couple of uh, really beautiful uh, arrangements that are um, old Sinatra songs, things like that. So there's string and horn arrangements to these pieces. It's not like our smooth jazz thing where we're just, right. you know, you got to beat keyboards and drums and, and a blue sax um, melody over top. So this is intricate, beautiful, orchestrated, strings and horns music uh, and uh, the arrangements um, Dave De Palma's doing right. and, um, and I'm producing it and um, so with the pops we're gonna have those arrangements so they'll have these strings and the horns and the woodwinds and all that stuff so I've done this before with um, Nina Simone's daughter Lisa <laughs> Kelly Lisa Simone and um, I did this only one other time before with, with the symphony orchestra, and that was in uh, Vancouver, Canada, with the Vancouver Symphony Orchestra, which I heard was the one that, um, oh, what's his name? David, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Big time producer. Produce everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that this, guy. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, uh, David Foster. Oh, okay. David Foster, yes. Matter of fact, I just saw him last uh, when was it? Last year, last January in uh, L.A. And um, didn't realize I was sitting right behind him the whole time. It was crazy. So anyway, that's another story. But so this thing at the um, with the Reading Symphony pops is is a first for all of us, I think. Um, but a different vibe. More well, yeah, because it's going to be. I'll tell you what, when I first did the, did the symphony thing with, in Vancouver, it's breathtaking to be around that size of a unit. I've been in small bands most of my life, you know, to be in that size and that many people playing music at the same time. And to come together as one. Oh my God, it's like a force up there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. That's going to be... i got to ask you this. Eric was in here and, and um, he was talking about kind of growing. In his own, in his own jazz self, yes, with yeah. his music, yeah. and he talked about you. He said, "Benny told me, Eric, you gotta feel it. You gotta feel it." And so, when you say that, how does that parlay to? I mean, obviously, you're feeling it when you're playing with the Groove Masters. Yeah. How does that parlay? You gotta feel it to producing an album or performing live with the Pops. Because you, you have to feel it no matter what you're doing. Yeah. So, Eric. You know, I, um, when Eric started working with me, and, uh, and I started working with him, whatever, um, I don't know, it's maybe eight or nine years now. I would like think that. it has to be by now. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was young, he's still young, but it, he was young and just really crossing into the jazz thing to really do it, the smooth jazz thing and, mm -hmm. and the, and the mm -hmm. swing things. He, he, but he always had the, the skill. I he mean, works hard at perfecting his craft. His skill is yeah. high level, you know. And I would listen to this young guy going, man, if he gets serious, it's going to be 
Well, he really attributes something. some of that to you. Well, because I, you I really injected the, the feeling. I, I just, well, producing him, but then mm -hmm. I started producing his music. And so then, of course, then I get one-on-one -on -one with him in the studio. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was more, more or less the, the, him finding himself. Who told you to find yourself? Who told you about oh, how to man, feel? Oh, man, that's easy. I mean, I always could feel it. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's just, that was like. Sometimes that is a natural. Thing. It is. It's a it, gift. It, it is because because I couldn't read music. I taught, I'm self-taught, so I couldn't read music. You know, now I do and all that, but but I, I'm self-taught, so all I could do was feel it, hear it, and feel it. That's all I could do. Cliff's but, like that too. Yes, Cliff he? is exactly the same. Yeah, way. yeah, mm -hmm. and that's why there's a there's that energy that, between that, you guys. That, that yes, makes sense. Yes. I have five questions for you. Are you ready? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, this is this is what we call the lightning round here on the backstage pass, and it's all about jazz. So we're gonna focus. What does jazz music mean to you, Benny? Oh my God, jazz music means. You know what? I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of jazz music is my mother. Really? Yeah, because. She was the jazz listener. I mean, she mostly listened to the singers, Ella, mm -hmm. Carmen, you know, Nancy Wilson, all them, uh, Dinah, all of them, Glory Lynn. Um, so, you know, whenever my mom played records, that's what we heard, that and, and Duke Ellington. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, never realizing when I was younger how much it was sticking with me. That explains very clearly when you say, well, I just always felt it, it's your mother. Yeah. There's a strong connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How has it impacted your life, jazz music itself? How's that impacted your life? Huh. It's, it's impacted my life in different ways. Um, the truth is, um, I was with Pieces of a Dream for quite a few years, and, and um, actually still working with them uh, in the studio and mm -hmm. production and composition and things like that. Uh, Kurt, Harmon from Peace of Dream and I just wrote a, a song last weekend for the next album. What is it? Uh, I don't know what the next album is going to be called yet. No, the song. Oh, we haven't named it yet. We, it's an instrumental. It'll so be like the group ministers. You'll just it, come up with uh, it. Oh, it's right? funky. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> hey, okay. That's how it's going to happen. We haven't named it yet. I don't know. We have a, Kurt and I, him and I have been working together for years and years and years. We actually put an album out together in 2005, I think it was. And um, so... So, you know, we've been doing that forever. So I think when I got with Pieces of a Dream is when, when jazz started impacting me more um, as far as career-wise because then I was actually doing it to earn a living. So it directed your career path. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely put me in the recording studio, taught me how to produce, taught me how to at least do that form of jazz, uh, you know, to a higher level. And um, so that, that was like, that was the real... Well, the production yeah. element, that's yeah, a big part the, of what and, you're doing and, now. And the playing and the sensibility, you know, really. I mean, I've always had a natural sensibility about the swing. Yeah. Because of my mom, yeah. you know. Duke Ellington. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but the, you know, the smooth jazz, the Grover Washington thing, and the Pieces uh -huh. of a Dream thing, that was, that, they definitely put that in me, and they, they definitely steered me that way. So most of the records that I've, that I've done have been with them, you know. So there's pieces of this coming along with you all throughout the, your All the time, yeah, yeah. How about jazz mentors? Any specifics? Oh, that's, that's easy. Um, a guy who's no longer with us, Archie Jenkins. If without him, I don't think I'd, I'd be here talking to you right now. Really? Yeah, he was the guy. He, um, he heard me play. I was playing with him and Bobby Newton. 
when I was 18 years old, and he heard me play, and he always got, always trying to get me, you need to learn to play, play jazz, boy. You need to learn how to swing. What were you, you playing when he heard I was, you? We were playing um, mostly cover material, dance music stuff. Okay. We were traveling with Bobby. Okay. And um, I was at Firestone at the time, but I was laid off. So I got to tour with them. So that, and, but one day, um, he, I mean, he was on me all the time. Of course, I was a little hard-headed. So I was like, you know, I'm playing Earth, Wind & Fire and Ohio players. I don't want to hear nothing about no Misty and Errol Garner. Get out of here, you know. I, you couldn't tell me anything. So anyway. He told you anyway. He, he kept telling me, yeah. he kept on me until one day we were in Boston, Massachusetts at a club that Bill Russell owned called Estelle's. I'll never forget it. And I, I'm, the man, this man was the dean of jazz at the Boston Conservatory of Music. I think, I think his name was Lewis. Last name was Lewis, I believe. Was he playing at a cell? Well, he came, no, he came in here. He's, uh, he's friends okay. of Archie's. They okay. were friends. Yeah. And so he gets up on stage, invite him on stage. And I'm sitting there going, uh-oh. What are they going to do? <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Are you up for it? So they, um, they call off a couple tunes. And I looked at the man. I said, I don't know these tunes. He goes, you got good ears. I've been listening to you. You got good ears. Just go ahead and, and try to play along. Well, I made a fool out of myself. You know, a complete fool out you of myself. You just feel that way or you, oh, you I did. really did? I did. I mean, I couldn't even fake it. You know what I mean? Because wow. you can't fake that music. <laughs> so, and we went down to the dressing room afterwards, and I'm sitting there dejected, head down, and Archie goes, you ready to learn, some play, learn to play jazz now? I'm like, yeah. Do you think he did that on purpose? Yeah, I do. And he went over to his briefcase, opened his briefcase, and went, threw his book down at me, said, there, I bought that for you a year ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He was dedicated to <laughs> yes, you and your was. growth. That's yes, he neat. was. That's a yes, great he story. was. So that, that's an easy story to tell. There's your mentor. Yeah. Wow, what a tribute yeah, he to was, him. Yeah, Cliff and I, on our album that we did together, we, we, wrote, we did a song. For um, him? Yeah, for him. Yeah, it was, it's called To My Mentor. So, so that's, you then are, are kind of part of his legacy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We don't think about our legacies a whole lot, but, because mm -hmm. we, we kind of, as we live it, we don't think about it, but mm -hmm. what would you say your jazz legacy is? Oh my God. Uh, well, like one. you said, Archie is, is part of my legacy, then, and I'm carrying that. Um, mm -hmm. I think my legacy is that, uh, I don't know, I, I, I think I just, it's hard to answer that question. I can't answer that question. What is my legacy? My legacy, I'll, I'll, I'll um, parallel it with, I guess, what people believe about me, is that um, music is my life. And mm. it always has been. I, I worked at Firestone for five years and decided, no, I'm going to do music. And everybody thought I was crazy. And, and I did it. And so... If my legacy is anything, it's, it's that I've lived it. I've done it. You chased that dream. Yes, I and did. you made it yours. You own it. You yes, live sir. it every day. Yep. That's a beautiful legacy. Oh. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Take that one home with you. Um, and finally, and this is a tough one too, because especially for you, you have 27 years of Boscov's Brooks Jazz Fest memories, so I'm not going to ask you for the best moment. Oh. But what's a highlight memory? One, one that you go, oh, I remember when... 
Yeah. And the Brooks cool. Jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, I tell you, there's, there's a, the, the saddest moment is, <sighs> is when we had to play for Alyssa. I think that will always stick with me bigger yeah. than anything in the Jazz Fest. Um, that's the most painful thing that's ever happened to me. And I think all of us really in, in the band. So her playing for that was definitely, it, you know, it's, it's not, it wasn't a low point, it was a high point. It was a high point. And um, I think that the memory of just doing her, her memorial concert was the best. And we played great that you day. Did. <laughs> yeah, that we did. That was a wonderful tribute. We played honor. great that day. That's a good one. I know I can't take a picture down from my Facebook. I've been trying for two years and I just can't. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she is beautiful. And I think of that 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 show. Hmm? When I see it, I think of that show. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've been trying to. I just can't. Every time I think I'm gonna do it, I can't. Then it's not meant to be. No, it isn't. Benny, this is a pleasure. It always is. Thank oh, you for thank coming you. in and taking the time with us for this Backstage Pass. And we look forward to seeing you kick it off once again oh, yeah. at the Peanut Bar with the Groove Masters and jazzing up the pops. Yeah, that's right. the following with, with Eric and Will and the Reading Pops. That's right. And I'll be closing it up on that Sunday, the last Sunday of the fest at uh, the Grilled and Chill. That's one of like, my favorite place to play. There you go. Three times. Three yeah. times with Benny. Kind of like the three degrees. Yes. There's a yes, parallel there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.